Well, hello and welcome back to Noah's Window. Again, as we're reading through the one-year Bible, I just keep being inspired by the stories that we're reading. And in the section that we're in right now, there's a lot of um, genealogies, as we mentioned yesterday in the Old Testament. But the New Testament, we're in the book of Acts, and it's just such an exciting and amazing story to continue. If you jump in the book of Acts, and this is backing up from where the one-year Bible is right now, but if you go back to around Acts 21 and you pick up the story where Paul is going to be going back to Jerusalem and everybody's warning him not to go and he goes anyway because he says God's telling him to go. And uh, when he gets there, sure enough, he's arrested. But this is where this story gets more complex and it begins to unfold. And you see this amazing, um, complex series of events that happen in Paul's life. Now, if you don't know Paul's story, I would just really encourage you to go back and read the whole book of Acts. There's just so much there, and you don't want to miss it. It's such an exciting story and an amazing story, especially if you, in your life, have seen a transformation where you clearly were on the other side of things, and and you were doing things that now when you look back, you just look at yourself and say, how could I have thought that way? How could I have said those things? How could I have done those things? You'll find a kindred spirit in Paul because he went from attacking Christians putting them in prison, tracking them down, very cruelly punishing them, even holding young Stephen's coat while they stoned him to death. That was Saul, and God transformed him into Paul, and he became became the great preacher of that day, started churches all over the known world at that time, and God used him greatly. So it's a very amazing story. So what I want us to look at, and I hope you'll go grab your Bible and look at the book of Acts, and I hope you can read the whole book. Just take the time to do that. I will tell you, it's one of those books where once you pick it up, it's hard to put it down. It's just full of exciting stories. But if you jump in around chapter 21 and you see how he's falsely accused at the temple, some Jews are always trying to trap him, get get something against him, and they gather up a bunch of people and accuse him of something that's completely not true. And they want to just have a mob that takes him down. Um, as you're reading this today, you might see a lot of kinship to the world we're living in right now, mob rules. And uh, a lot of times it's the religious mob that um, gets empowered and tries to do evil things. So um, anyway, so the, there's, um, and, and we don't want to describe the Jews as all the same because they're not all the same. Most of the early church was composed of, comprised of Jews. So all Jews weren't attacking Paul, but there was a group of Jews that did try to attack him and, and find an opportunity and were able to trump up enough things that they got him arrested. They they really had multiple plans to kill him. It wasn't enough for them to have him arrested. They they knew he wasn't guilty of anything, so they were going to do the job themselves and kill him. And I would encourage you to go read that. But in the course of all these things that unfold, um, this happens, and so he ends up being transferred here, and then this, this plot gets uncovered by a young nephew who hears it. You just want to go read it. But where I'm heading with this is, he goes before the high priest. He ends up going before the uh, governor of the land and then before the king of the land and then eventually is appealing to the emperor, Caesar. But in the process of all these things, as you see it unfold, and even like I think it's the uh, the governor where um, he ch- there's one who, who is um, in charge of Paul for two years and then he gets replaced. And so uh, Paul gets to talk to the first one and I always get Felix and Festus mixed up, but one of them is there for two years, and then another guy comes. And so in every single case, the high priest and the governors and the king Agrippa and then appealing to Caesar, you know what happens every single time? Because of the way the law was at that time, 
he was given opportunity to speak. And every time he was given opportunity to speak, he told his story. And it was in his story he was able to share the gospel because he had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And it's the power of his story that trumped everything else. Now, you'll, you'll, if you read through this, you'll see how many times Paul was able to articulate. Like, I, I know I was Pharisee. I was trained. I was very religious. From my early childhood, I was trained in all this. So there was no biblical knowledge that he was lacking of the religious elite of that day. He had it all. But that wasn't what was powerful that he used to appeal to the governors and to the king and to the emperor. He, it was his story of his personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And we can see the influence that he had. I don't want to spoil the story for you because I hope you go grab your Bible and read it. But look at how those people in power responded. And of course, every time he would, he would be before the magistrates, there would be a crowd gathered. So every time there was a crowd gathered, it was another opportunity for him to share. Now, here's where you and I come in. You know what? Each and every one of us has a story. And our story is unique. And our encounter with Jesus Christ is unique. How he pursued us with his love, the people that he put in our life that brought us to that place of knowledge and faith, the person that prayed with us, the, the circumstances that directed us. God was in all of that. And each one of us has a totally unique story that we can share. And there's power in your story. You might not think there is. Maybe, maybe your story isn't full of drama like Paul's was. But you know what? There is, there is power in each and every one of our stories. And I hope that I can encourage all of us to remember that sharing our story is so powerful. You can argue theology all day long. You can argue finer points of this and that. But they can't argue with your story. And that is the most powerful thing that you can share. So I hope even today, as God gives you opportunity, that you will be willing to share your story of how you encountered Jesus Christ and how he gave you that forgiveness, that right standing, that made you a member of his family so that you have eternal life to look forward to. And uh, I hope that you can share that with the people that God brings across your path even today. So I hope that encourages your heart and I hope that will encourage you to go get your Bible, pick up the book of Acts. If you want to jump in around chapter 20 and read the rest of the story because it ends with Paul in Rome, but uh, I would really challenge you to go back to the beginning. You know, I think I've mentioned before on those when I'm, I'm really bad about going to the end of the story first. <laughs> but maybe it would be good to start at the beginning. But it's so exciting. It's such a great, great story to read. And I hope you will pick up the book of Acts. It's a short little book of history in the New Testament. And you don't want to miss it. So I hope this is helping you to have a great start to your day to focus on the Lord and on the power that He has given you to be able to share uh, with others about who he is and what he has done for them as well. So let's have a word of prayer this morning. Oh, Father, thank you so much for the privilege of having a personal encounter with you. And thank you so much, Father, for that forgiveness that we can enjoy, for that future we can look forward to, for the peace that comes into our heart just knowing that we're forgiven and that we're part of your family. And thank you, Father, for the opportunities that you give each and every one of us to share what you've done in our life with others. And I pray that even today you would bring those opportunities to us. And Father, we just think about so many people who are in difficult situations right now. And as your children, I pray that you would help us to be thoughtful and helpful and to reach out and represent you well to those around us, whether they're in our family of faith or outside our family of faith. Help us to be your hands and feet even today. 
And for each and every person who's watching and listening, I just pray that you would wrap your arms of love around them, draw them close to you, Father. May they feel your presence and know your love. And we're going to thank you for all the things that you have done, that you are doing, and that you're going to do even yet, because we know that you have good things for us. And we just will give you all the praise and all the glory for what you are doing. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's so good to be able to talk to you again here on Noah's Window. And I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. And we'll see what else God has in store for us to take a look at. So we'll see you soon on Noah's Window. God bless.